Welcome to this digital service in this first week of Advent when we begin our preparation and we wait and we watch for the coming Christ child. Welcome to my home, which is where this digital service is being recorded. I'm going to begin with some verses from Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. We sing our first hymn, which is the angel Gabriel from heaven came. The angel Gabriel from heaven came, his wings as drifted snow, his eyes as loving God, at the beginning of this season of Advent, this season when once again we hear the familiar story, we come to meet with you, to listen to that word of life, to worship you and to sing our songs of praise. Open our hearts to welcome the coming of the Christ child. 
to understand the true meaning of Emmanuel, God with us. At this darkest time of our year, we thank you, God, for bright lights, for sparkles and colours twinkling in the night, for Christmas decorations as they are unpacked, for the sound of Christmas carols and children's excitement. We thank you for food on our table and a safe place to live. All good gifts come from you and we praise you. May our celebration of the birth of Jesus bring honour to you in all we say and do. So come Holy Spirit, the one that leads us into all truth, reveal your truth to us during this Advent season. Come Holy Spirit, set our hearts ablaze and inspire us to live out your kingdom, a kingdom that will have no end. For we ask these things now, in and through the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together and to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Come with me to a little town called Nazareth. It's a small, insignificant town in the north, in Galilee, which is surrounded by hills. Just a few hundred people live there. And they are very far away from the temple in Jerusalem. The suspicion in the south was that the Jewish people of Nazareth were beginning to fall away from the ancient faith. The voices of the prophets of Israel had fallen silent for at least 400 years. But had God really fallen silent? Had God really forgotten his children? And yet for those who went to the synagogue, they still heard those promises from Isaiah being read out from the scrolls. 
that they would be a saviour. A king from the house of David. So when was God going to save them from the oppressive, brutal regime of the Romans? For that was the expectation when this king would be revealed. As we will hear now from our gospel reading, God was about to act, but not in quite the way they expected. God's rescue plan for this world was about to unfold in this most unlikely of places. And God uses the most unlikely people. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. The birth of Jesus foretold. And from verse 46 to 56, Mary's song. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Later, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Whenever I hear the Magnificat said, 
I'm immediately a young schoolgirl again. Yes, I know that's very difficult to believe. But I went to a grammar school where the head teacher was rather eccentric. Dr. Graham wore odd socks over her thick tights. She had studied biblical theology in India and she required her girls to learn great swathes of scripture as soon as we entered the school. The first passage we were required to learn was the Magnificat. Of course, we didn't realize its full meaning at the time, but Dr. Graham had one simple desire for her girls. She wanted us to go out and change the world. William Barclay, that great Bible commentator, said this of Mary's song. There is loveliness in the Magnificat, but in that loveliness, there is dynamite. Christianity begets a revolution in each man and woman and a revolution in the world. It's generally accepted that the author of Luke is writing his gospel for a rich Christian community. Like many prophecies from the Old Testament, Mary's song is set against the despair of the poor and the greed of those who exploit others. In Mary's song, as we heard, God scatters the proud with their plans. Mighty kings and tyrants are brought down from their thrones. And in contrast, God lifts up the lonely, fills the hungry with good things, sends the rich away with empty hands. This is a new world order, a moral, social and economic revolution, and one that continues to challenge us today. Mary's song not only reaches back to Old Testament dreams and prophecies, but reaches forward to what her son Jesus would live and preach in his earthly ministry. This upside down kingdom of God that Jesus was so passionate about. This kingdom where the first shall be last. Where truth, justice and peace are our hallmarks where we are challenged to let go of things that belong to the old order, power and wealth, violence and contempt for others. They have no place in this new kingdom. We look forward to a time 
when this kingdom will be established in all its fullness. But meanwhile, we can catch glimpses of the kingdom of God in the here and now. And didn't the angel say to Mary, of his kingdom, there will be no end. As we look forward to the coming of the Christ child, Emmanuel, God with us, let's join with Mary as she sings, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in Christ my Saviour. But as we sing our glorias and our alleluias, let us also as churches intentionally place ourselves alongside those who are vulnerable. Open our hearts and minds to those on the margins of our society, to those who whatever, whatever reason, find church inaccessible or unsafe. And let's offer hospitality to those who are lonely, to those hurting, to those who are struggling in so many different ways. Come, Lord Jesus, come. To lead us into our intercessory prayers, we are going to listen to that well-known carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The words of the first verse will be familiar to you, but the following verses were written by Andy Flanagan for a service at Exeter Cathedral last Saturday. Thank you. 
pray for people across our world who are suffering today because of poverty or hunger, disease or war. We pray for those who are yearning for wars to stop, for violence to cease, for the children and young people caught up in terror beyond their understanding or control. We pray particularly for Ukraine, for Russia, for Israel and Gaza. We pray for hope where things seem hopeless, that life and love will triumph. O come, O come Emmanuel. We pray for those who are fleeing their home countries, for refugees at checkpoints or waiting in refugee camps, for those whose lives are crushed under structures and systems of injustice. And we pray for the decision makers of this world Above all, may they be seekers of justice. May they be bridge builders and peacemakers. O come, O come, Emmanuel. As COP28 begins on this day, eternal creator, we stand in awe of the glory reflected in Earth's beauty and diversity and integrity. We long for the fullness of your kingdom on Earth. Help us to play our part in caring for this planet, for you created it and saw that it was good. O come, O come, Emmanuel. We pray for those known to us who are in need of your healing touch. For those who are sick at home or in hospital or in care homes, may they feel your presence in a special way. For those who are grieving, give them courage beyond themselves. And for those who are lonely or simply anxious about tomorrow, bring the comfort and peace that only you can bring. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And for ourselves, we ask your forgiveness 
when our words and actions do not bring honour to your name. In all the busyness as we prepare, prepare for Christmas, make us aware where help or encouragement is needed and where injustice needs to be challenged. Help us too to recognise where you are already at work. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our final hymn is a setting of the Magnificat. Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord. of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.